This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about work-life balance. The only question that matters in Shark Tank, how do I make money? Who are the sharks? It's my understanding that one of the personalities on the television show Shark Tank has popularized this quote. Entrepreneurs are people who work 80 hours a week so they don't have to work 40. Clearly, the meaning of success is very individual. Our culture seems to have an assumption that business owners must work a lot in order to be successful. But if the business is successful, the owner shouldn't have to work a lot. Working a lot could mean that they're not successful. Isn't there a contradiction here? In these programs, I normally turn to our CEDF clients to share their wisdom. This time, I called upon another kind of expert. My name is uh, Len Wysocki. I'm a licensed psychologist in the state of Connecticut. Also, I'm a professor at the University of New Haven, and I have a small consulting and private clinical practice here in Connecticut. With professionals, and in some cases entrepreneurs, they have a dream. They have a passion around trying to fulfill something that's unique to them that they're willing to work very hard for in the hopes of succeeding. In, in my experience, if you're working at something you love, it doesn't feel like work. If you're lucky enough to kind of be in a situation where you're pursuing your dream, you might want to put in a lot of extra hours, and, and it may feel like what you would do if it wasn't your work. It's something that you would do anyway. And that, to that extent, people do work harder at, at what they believe is indicative of what they wanted to be when they grow up or whatever, as opposed to people who are working for an outside company where they're stamping their clock or they're putting time on the job doing what somebody else wants them to do, and it feels more like drudgery. It seems to be the most common of human experiences to have a dream of independence, self-sufficiency, and, in a sense, freedom. I wondered if there was a psychological profile of people willing to act on their dreams and pursue it as a life's vocation. That's a very good question. My sense is, over the years in, in dealing with a lot of people, is that it depends on the level of motivation of the individual. The character of that individual, what we call self-efficacy, the extent to which they feel very able and willing to go after something that they believe in. It's hard work, and it's something that they believe will pay off. Not everybody is geared that way. Some people are a lot more conservative. Some people are willing to, to bet the ranch on what they believe is going to make a better future for them. Uh, wait a second, doctor. Explain to me what self-efficacy means. It's all about self-confidence, a psychological term which really speaks to the extent that a person is confident about being able to succeed at something they venture off into. It has a combination of historical experiences as well as what society has been affirming or reinforcing them in, in their efforts on. If a person has enough positive experiences, then their self-efficacy is higher. But why do business owners work so much? Is it really because they have to in order to make their operations stay afloat economically? Or is there a kind of addiction to their vocation or nurturing their company? I wouldn't agree that it's an addiction to work. I, I think it's more of something where an individual working for him or herself is compelled to give it their best shot. 
with a sense that if they succeed, they will be doing something that they want to do as opposed to something that they have to do. Sometimes uh, if they're in their milieu or in their niche, then they're doing something that really reflects who they are as, as an individual, their values, their abilities. They're willing to sacrifice their personal life in order to attain some more success in that area. Unfortunately, the statistics for small business survival after five or ten years aren't very encouraging. I wondered if this is because it's so difficult to succeed economically, or is it because many people who try to go into business just don't have the dedication to prevail? Early in my career, one of my mentors taught me there is simply no accurate way to predict whether another person has the determination to succeed. I asked Dr. Wasaki about this. It's a good question. There are so many variables that come to play. Market forces, supply and demand, the level of economic backing, being at the right place at the right time. I'd be venturing a guess to answer that question. I think that there are a number of variables that come into play to determine whether a particular venture is going to take off or not, but not the least of which would be the person's perseverance and level of motivation. The research tells us, and what my experience confirms, is that people are driven by a sense of purpose, purpose to come into their own, purpose to do what, what they believe they're meant to do, and that, that whole drive and motivation is unique to that individual. And I think that has a lot more to do with motivation and drive than it does with actual native intelligence. I think you don't have to be exceptionally smart to succeed. So it's not book learning, although as a business advisor, I'll promise you that a small business owner's curiosity to learn makes quite a difference. But that's another program. There is one group well known for being strong, resilient, and highly dedicated. What makes them so successful in small business? And that's a good question. You know, I can only give you... This is an answer based on my anecdotal evidence, and uh, I've known a few vets who are exceptionally hard workers who have learned a level of discipline because of their military experience that really aids them in persevering through um, different business ventures that they enter. I think their, their maturity level is higher. I think that they know more about themselves given the, the trauma that they've experienced oftentimes, and they're willing to devote in, in a more calculated way their, their focus on achieving results. Getting back to work-life balance, I asked Dr. Wysacki about the toll that being a business owner takes on family relationships. I wanted to know if there was any research or accepted wisdom about the impact on marriages caused by the workloads of small business owners. And what about millennials? The stereotype is that they value balance over achievement. Is this generation at greater risk of failure in business? Work-life balance has changed over the generations. I think in this current generation of millennials, there, there's a stronger emphasis on work-life balance because so many of the millennial individuals have witnessed their parents or grandparents be laid off or working an inordinate number of hours only to find that there's no loyalty between their employers and them. So cost of living and all these factors that really kind of speak to the current generation of workers as, hey, I need to carve out time for me uh, and my family because this work is never going to stop. And then there are some outliers to, to that group who believe that I'd rather work exceptionally hard now and then maybe have a better life down the road uh, where I can delegate more responsibility if I'm a business owner. I don't think it's, it's right to kind of frame a whole generation in only one way. So. Work-life balance is important from the point of view of remaining healthy, both physically and psychologically, 
and, and that's a whole area of discussion in and of itself. But in terms of this question, I think that business owners have to, to find a balance, they need to strike a balance at some point or else they will burn out. I don't think it's fair to, to kind of label a whole generation as being clear in, in their perspective of only wanting to work so much. I think what's more realistic is millennials are more thoughtful in where they're going to invest their time. And I think that from what I've seen in my graduate students and some of the younger people that I've coached, they're going to be more thoughtful about where they're investing their time as to whether they believe that that investment is going to pay off. And they're just not going to work for the sake of working like a lot of us baby boomers did in, in terms of just getting a paycheck and keeping our mouth shut. And then there are, there's always outliers. I think of myself as an outlier, uh, given that I've been through several Fortune 500 companies before I became a psychologist, wanting to find what I wanted to find. I was an outlier for my generation, but in this generation I see more of it. So when there's economic stress on a small business, I've got to believe that this puts the owner in an impossible situation, like kind of Sophie's choice, having to choose to devote precious time to their loved ones at home or the other loved one, the business. It's a tough dilemma, without a doubt. I don't think there's an intellectual answer for that question. I think, again, it has to do with the level of drive the individual feels that they have to follow to pursue their dreams, so to speak and the consequences of, of not having enough left over of themselves for their relationship or their family. There's been, there's been a lot of that. There's also been situations where the family endorses the efforts of the loved one because they believe that everybody wins if success happens. I mentioned to Dr. Wysaki that CEDF recently published an article highlighting a restaurant consultant, David Scott Peters. You can read it in the chalkboard section of our website. His thesis was that small business owners have a responsibility to run profitable operations, responsibility to their customers, to their employees, to their families and their investors. Achieving balance sounds pretty darn difficult with this kind of load on your shoulders. It really goes back to the individual. If, if the individual believes from their point of view or their value system that their work is an extension of and or a reflection of who they are, then they're going to work as long and as hard as they feel they need to, to to get those results. It's more of a function of their belief system, their value system, than it is about doing something negative for their family. So what about solutions to the work-life balance problem? I wanted to know if there was accepted clinical advice that psychologists offer to help small business owners reach a better state of balance, realizing, of course, that individual circumstances vary greatly. There wouldn't be a one-size-fits-all answer to that question, but I think that realistically what would be important psychologically for the business owner is that he or she is very clear about what their objectives are and what their goals are and to what extent they're going to leverage who they are, their time, their family balance to attain that goal, and maybe a set of checks and balances be put in place, ideally with another professional or with somebody that they're working with to kind of keep those checks and balances in place so that they don't burn out and that they're able to recognize the futility of their, of their dream or to experience the success of their dream through some realistic support. That's good advice to have a professional or a mentor to turn to to help you stay on plan for chasing your dreams. But how important is it to have clear economic goals and objectives from the outset and to assess whether they're reasonable? 
I think that's very important. I think it's not just a psychological issue. I think it's also a business issue. But a dream can, can be a fantasy or a dream can be turned into a reality. And so some of the components of that process are founded in, in just doing, doing your homework. I think it's very important to have clear knowledge of both the business strategies and potential successes as well as psychological endurance factors known to the individual before they embark upon trying to, to go after something because these things are complex. There, there are a lot of variables that come to play in terms of the success. So the, the more information a person collects up front about themselves and about their area of business interest, the better. What would be important for every new business owner to do is to really do their homework, and that is both personally and financially, about what it is they're going after, the kind of person they are, maybe seek out some guidance from business organizations that, that will help them reach a, a level of success in, in their chosen fields, as well as whatever emotional or personal support they may need to be able to determine how they would persevere to get that end goal. Many thanks to Dr. Len Wisaki for his commentary on small business ownership and work-life balance. You can learn more about Dr. Wysacki in the faculty section of the University of New Haven website. That's newhaven.edu. Thanks to Bart Rebecki for music. Our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the fifth year in a row, we're Connecticut's top SBA microlender. We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates as small as a few thousand dollars and larger business loans too, from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. And this episode of Small Business as Usual is available there. It's number 18-1. Okay, Dr. Wasaki, how do I achieve work-life balance? That's a very good question. 